Come on, side, 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 side. side. What's the deal, everybody? It's time for another episode of Come On, Son. Overseen by, of course, Combat Jack, the greatest podcast of all time. Happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Thanksgiving is this week and a week ago. Uh, not a week ago. What happened in this week, it wasn't a week ago, it was a long time ago. In 1994 is when Pac uh, got shot along with my man Freddie Knuckles in the quad studio. Uh, it happened, that, that was like 1994, that was a long time ago. Wow, think about it, we're going into 2020 now, and we're still talking about something that happened in 1994. That's really what kicked off the uh, quote-unquote East Coast-West Coast War, because Pac decided uh, to blame... Biggie and Diddy for what happened to him in the Quad Studio. Even though about this time everybody know Diddy and uh, Puff ain't have nothing to do with it, and eventually they both lost their lives, but for two different reasons. But that whole West Coast versus the East Coast war started this week in 1994 after the Quad Studio shootings. So many people, man, it just have been. Long gone since 1994. And it dawned on me because I was uh, walking in the mall the other day and I saw somebody had on a Tupac t-shirt. And I was like, I wonder if that's a sanctioned t-shirt by his family. Like, who's in charge of Pac's estate? Because people that have these, that pass away, there's usually somebody that controls their estate. I also was in the store and saw a Nipsey Hussle sweatshirt. And I was looking at that like, you're selling Nipsey Hussle sweatshirts. I'm quite sure Lauren London or whoever's in charge of Nipsey Hussle's estate does not know that you're up here in this mall selling Nipsey Hussle sweatshirts. And it just got me to thinking about being thankful because Thanksgiving is this week and uh, Essence Atkins is going to be my in-studio guest. If you don't know who Essence Atkins is, you might want to look it up. I don't have time to run down all of this woman's accolades as a... uh, actress but she's on ambitions right now which is on the own network and uh she's been doing it straight for 30 years like i believe when you hear this interview you'll understand i think she said there's only like a year worth of downtown downtime and she's been working straight ever since so it's an honor and a privilege to have miss essence atkins come into the studio y'all hear from her later on in the show but 30 years for anybody working steady is a blessing and it just got me Thinking about Thanksgiving, what's the true meaning of Thanksgiving? I know a lot of you historians want to go in and talk about the Indians, but I think we're beyond talking about that as we all know that it's a fact. We know what it was, and we know that we have moved Thanksgiving into a different space, so to speak. I look at it as a time to be thankful, as a time to reflect, or maybe... 2019, 2018, 2017, however far back you want to go, but to just look at yourself as a whole and figure out what you're thankful for. And uh, if you're alive and you're breathing and you're above ground, there's a lot to be thankful for. For me, Thanksgiving is that kind of a day for me to just reflect, to be with family, to be with friends, to be with my kids and just look at my grandkids and look and like, wow, I'm so blessed. And, you know, I'm thankful. That's what I look at Thanksgiving as. And Thanksgiving is also like 
for me. Now, I don't know about everybody else. Some of y'all might have said, you know, Halloween or whatever. For me, it's really like that time when you start hunkering down to the fall fashions and the winter fashions for real. Like certain parts of the country, y'all might be listening like, hey, this been cold out here. I know I know that for a fact because I'm back and forth between Atlanta and Chicago. So I know Chicago be cold and I know a lot of those Midwestern states and St. Louis and Cincinnati and Columbus, Ohio and Akron and all of y'all, wherever you at, Detroit, Michigan, I know it's been cold. But for me, it's just that time where I really start realizing it. It's like, okay, it's Thanksgiving. We really starting to get into the cold months. December is very cold. January is very cold. February is very cold. And maybe it'll start throwing out in March. So that's when I really start pulling out the, the heavy sweaters and I start pulling out the Tims and I start pulling out the snow boots because you know the snow is coming right around the corner it just really 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 gets cold and you start watching the trends in fashion and seeing what's coming different and I kind of put away the lighter shoes then like the whites and stuff like that I kind of go down to the darker colors and the fall colors and I do a lot of uh, fall shopping to see what's going on. I'm trying to get my Christmas list together. You know, Black Friday is around the corner. This is the, this is the first Black Friday in a long time I don't have to buy a television. Happy about that. I don't know why people run to the store on Black Fridays to buy TVs. Like, what happened to the TV you bought last year? And it had me kind of reflecting on the TVs that we went through. For me, being the age that I am. Living through the black and white televisions. Living through that. Going through the color. The first color TVs. The first plasma. Remember the picture on picture? I was in the barbershop talking to my man Damon about this uh, earlier today. About the picture in picture. Remember that was that was the rave? You had to have the picture in picture. We hardly used it, but it was kind of cool to have it. So you could, you could watch maybe football on, si- on silent. With your picture and picture and then watch your main program. What happened to picture and picture? Nobody cares about picture and picture anymore. Now we care about HD and Ultra HD and 4K HD. HD kind of knocked picture and picture out, along with the plasma TVs. I remember I had a plasma. I thought my plasma was everything. They were heavy and bulky, and now they these TVs has gotten thinner. This is the first time in a long time that I'm not going to buy a TV on Black Friday. Because Black Friday is kind of when you waited to upgrade your electronic game. You know, you kind of waited on Black Friday to do stuff like that. And I know a lot of us out there got to buy high-end gifts. And these high-end stores do not respect Black Friday at all. Nah, Louis, Gucci, Dior, and all of that. They MCM or... Fendi, they're not, they, you're not getting no Black Friday deals. It's going to be the same price as if you went in there on an orange Thursday or green Wednesday. The price is the price is the price. I guess that's what makes them high end more so than anything else because they don't never give discounts. Now, you may be able to go to a Gucci outlet store, maybe a Fendi outlet store. I don't think I've ever seen a Louis Vuitton outlet store. Louis Vuitton is probably pretty staunch on whatever their price is. That's what the price is. You know, some of your favorite artists that you see out there, they're rocking that Louis, Louis this, Louis that. That Supreme Louis collection was definitely fire. I got the uh, the waist bag to that. Of course, 
it cost. But I, hey, it's a collector's piece, and when it's all said and done, I'll still be able to sell it probably for three quarters of what I paid for it. So it's a collector's piece. That's the reason why I bought it. But those kind of things, you never get no Black Friday discount on that. And if you see one while you're online shopping, it's fugazi as hell. I'm telling y'all, it is not the real deal, holy feel. It's cheap, cheap material. It's whack. Don't do it to yourself because they're going to try to trim just a little bit off that price. And you're getting something that's 100% fake. Louis Vuitton does no sales. None whatsoever. You may be able to go to Gucci outlet, though, and get yourself a couple of nice pieces. They have them around the country. Certain places have Gucci outlet. But Louis Vuitton? Nope. Never going to happen. So anybody trying to offer you a $100, $200 Louis Vuitton belt? Nope. Not real at all. Nah. So the holiday shopping season now kicks off with Black Friday, Thanksgiving. You get together with family and friends. You know, the Wednesday night before, everybody goes out, has a good time. Catch up with your cousins. Catch up with your aunties and uncles. Drink. Have a good time. Be careful. We know the police is out there, especially around the holiday season. Getting at people about what's going on. It's going to be a good time, man. Good time. A good time to be reflective. A good time to be thankful. Good time to be happy. Good time to give back. I'm going to say that again. Good time to give back. Shout out to everybody out there that's doing holiday dinners. Shout out to everybody out there that's, that's, that's giving out turkeys. Shout out to everybody out there that's trying to make somebody's Thanksgiving better. I'm happy. My kids all going to be with me except my daughter Chanel she couldn't make it and and those two grandkids but my daughter Tiffany my daughter Jasmine my daughter Summer and my son Zaire are all here in Atlanta so we're going to have a great Thanksgiving together but my daughter she's in Pennsylvania she got the two kids it's tough for her to travel sometimes so I love her but I don't get to see her as much as I would love to see her especially on holidays we're probably going to do Christmas together this year so that would be nice uh but I'm just thankful, man. I'm thankful for so many, so many things. I'm thankful for this podcast. You guys are listening. I'm getting great feedback off of it. You know, a little while ago, I talked about whether I should stay at 45 minutes or go to an hour. From some people, it was like, go to an hour, man. Some this one and that one is doing two hours. I'm not, I ain't doing no two-hour podcast. Listen, I give you an hour tops, 45 minutes, maybe 40 depends on what the podcast is i don't i don't see a reason to just keep talking and talking for no reason now if i got a guest or i got some really good stuff to say then it's going to be 45 minutes to an hour and i i don't see any other reason to do it any other way just to hear myself talk well first of all i don't listen back to my own podcast anyway that's it's for y'all enjoyment i'm too critical of it so once i do it it's done and i don't i don't listen back to it I know we got a really nice one this week. Miss Essence Atkins is going to be my in-studio guest. We're going to chop it up. Beautiful young lady. Smart young lady. Talented young lady. Grown-ass woman. Mother. Entrepreneur. Actress. Good person all around. 
Essence Atkins is coming up. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Come on, son. The podcast. Come on, son. son. Come on, son. Y'all know what it is. It's Ed Lover, and I am here with the fantastic Miss Essence Atkins. How are you? I'm well. Now, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So So help help me God. God. Yes. First, First thing first, Thanksgiving, where you going? Oh, I'm going to my girlfriend Stacy's. Her aunt, Aunt Tuzi's making all the food. Her brother's making his mac and cheese. I'm bringing my son. I'm going to eat really, really well. So you're not cooking on Thanksgiving? Not this year. Last year I did, and this year I'm just a, a guest. What's your go-to? For me? When you cook it, yeah. Like what I, oh, my cornbread stuffing is ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, what's the difference between stuffing and dressing? Because I hear a lot of people say dressing. I say stuffing, too. I'm from New York. We say stuffing. I'm from New York, too, so maybe that's why. Maybe where you from? Brooklyn. No way. Where, where at in Brooklyn? Yes, son, daughter, son. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm from Flatbush. You from Flatbush, yeah. for real? I was born in Bethel Stuyvesant, and my father got a job. We moved to Queens. Okay, yeah. So I was raised moved, in Queens, born in Brooklyn. We moved to Queens when I was 11, Jamaica, what, Queens. Where at in Jamaica? Right, uh, like Linden Boulevard, near there. That's where we were. But I was going into the city to go to school. I went to professional children's school, so okay. I was commuting every So you day. were living, living in Queens then? Mm-hmm. Linden and what? You remember what street? Like 179, maybe? One, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. It was yeah. a long time ago. You well, know. I know. I know. When did you move out of Queens? Uh, I After left, high school? I left Queens when I was 15, went to the city, went to Alphabet City. Okay. Fifth Street between A and B. And then I moved to L.A. in 1996. What 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 um compelled you to want to act? People take a lot of roles in their lives. What? You know, I didn't know that I wanted to act. I knew, so I was 15, I was in high school, and I saw this notice on the bulletin board that said they were looking for um, a diverse ethnicity girl between the ages of 14 and 16 to be on The Cosby Show, and it was their second season on air. I called the number on the bulletin board. I set up an appointment. I had never professionally auditioned for anything. I just knew that I felt excited when I looked at it and scared. So I called. I went in. I read for Barry Moss, who was one of the owners of the Hughes Moss Casting Agency. He taught me what to do on the spot. I got a call back. I got another call back, and I was cast. So my very first professional audition, I was on the number one show. The in number America. one show in the world. Yes. yes. The, were you watching the Cosby Show? At yes, the time? of course. We wasn't were all that much watch TV. Yes, it was the beginning of must see TV. Yeah, and and we were all watching, and I was incredibly honored to be a part of of that um, whole that whole genre, that whole era. Really, you know, Mr. Cosby. Barring um, his personal flaws, like professionally, he opened a lot of doors for a lot of people, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera as well. I mean, Yvette Lee Bowser, who created Living Single and um, is the showrunner on Dear White People, she started off in the writer's room of, of A Different World. So there's And there's so many like her. Right, right. What role did you play on The Cosby Show? I played, um, it's a, actually a very famous episode. Because you going to make me go back and look at it again. Yes, um, it's called Vanessa's Rich. Okay. And um, I was the pep squad girl, and it's the episode where Felicia tells Vanessa, you're not rich, your father and I are rich. Because she's like, <laughs> we're rich, Dad. And they're like, nah, you ain't you ain't got no you money. You don't have no bread <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Me and your daddy got this money. Exactly. Don't get it fucked up, like for real. Exactly. But I mean, you know, again, it was like, I love stories. So as a kid, I was a voracious reader. 
And I loved, I was like a very nerdy girl who spent hours and hours in her room reading and I loved to get lost in stories. And I think that really the beginning of my acting was about storytelling. And for me to this day at 47, it's still about storytelling. Did you, when you did the Cosby show, were they at Silver Cup? Yes, they were at Silver Cup now, in did, Queens. Did, yes. did, is, how different is it now the way they did, because I did the Cosby show too. Yeah. How different is it now the way they do television than compared to the Cosby show? Because we did table read. Yeah, we do table reads. I mean, they still do that. It's funny because I just did, uh, there's a CBS show, a new show that started this season called Carol Second Act with yeah. Patricia Heaton. Yes. And I did a, a guest star on that show and we started with a table read and I had a lovely time and it's still the proscenium, the four cameras, it's still a very similar element and a very similar. And then when we did Marlon, we also shot in front of a live audience. Okay. And had, did y'all do all week rehearsals when y'all did Marlon? We and sure then did, the shoot yeah. Day? And then the sh- we had our pre-tape day and then we had the shoot in front of the live audience. That yeah. must be only like Tyler Perry and Bob and them that do all of that in one day type of thing. I mean, yeah, that's the truncated schedule that helps things keep the cost down and whatever. But, you know, when you're on network television. When you got a lot of money, it's, right? It's, it's, it's a whole different, it's <laughs> a whole different vibe. It's yeah, because when we vibe. did Cosby, right, you did, the, you did the table read and right. you got the script and they made changes and you came back. Right, and, and you, you rehearse, rehearse, you rehearse. And you go and back rehearse. to your dressing room right. and you eat a little something and you yummy. Hit the, you hit the snack table <laughs> on the way back, you're <laughs> exactly. in the dress room, then they break for lunch. Exactly. It's a very that. leisurely life yes. on a oh sitcom. My yes, it's God. beautiful. It's How beautiful. many years have we been watching your ass on TV? Uh, well, that episode of The Cosby Show happened in 1985. So here we are. Now I'm on Ambitions on OWN, and it's almost 2020. So a very long time I've been working as an actor. But honestly, like that first foray, which was obviously very successful, I got an agent, and I got in the union. And so success happened early for me. But I don't think it was until I was 19 that I really decided to give acting a real shot. And I went to L.A. at 19 and I booked my first pilot. Um, My very first pilot in L.A. was uh, a show called Sunday in Paris. And it was with Debbie Allen. She played my mother. Oh, wow. Diane Carroll played my grandmother. Oh, wow. Cab Calloway played my great-grandfather. Oh, damn. John Witherspoon played my uncle. Bang, bang, bang. Rest in peace. (laughs) Rest in peace. Jennifer Lewis played my cousin. Wow. And Journey Smollett played my little sister. Wow. And Brandon Jackson played my little brother. So, yeah. And we didn't get picked up. So... With all that power all and all that, that talent. that power, yeah, it's it crazy. It didn't get picked it up. It didn't, no. How it, many I've, pilots do you estimate you've done? Oh my gosh, a lot. And I've done a lot of shows that have gone on air. Um, and it's funny, I've never gotten to 100 episodes, so hopefully ambitions. You've never gotten to 100 I've episodes? I've never gotten on, to, no. And it's or like, no show? No. It's funny because we did 100 episodes technically um, on Are We There Yet? with Terry Crews. Right. Um, and I was pregnant with my son, so I actually had to leave after 91. So I only did 91 Aww. episodes. I know, the show did 100, but I only Have did 91. Have you ever counted how many... Episodes of television? No, no, how many television shows... Oh, gosh, no. ...that no, you've done? No, I'm just grateful. Smart guy? Uh, 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 smart guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been... Marlon, what's the one when you had the sister? Y'all lived Half and half. Half and half. Yes. Uh, I was Are watching that. Yet? Are um, we there yet? Under One Roof. Um, ambitions. There's been, I'm like, what else? Oh, Malibu Shores. Yeah. When it goes, yes. when, when it gets picked up, yes. what's that TV money looking like? 
I mean, it looks it looks good. You ever make you know, that Michael Jamal Warner money? Because he was making like eighty grand a freaking <laughs> episode. You ever got up there? Or is it? You know, it it's funny. Um, I don't want to answer that question because I don't want to indict anybody, including myself. But <laughs> but uh, I'll say this: like it's it's a beautiful, blessed thing when you have a show that is in success. But you have to know that like it's it's very. Um, it's very seasonal, right? It's mm-hmm. you can't count on it forever. Everything comes to an end, unless you're on Law and Order SVU, which apparently is never <laughs> ending. Never or the Simpsons, you know, like right or unless the Simpsons. Voice on the Simpsons. But you know, you have to kind of pace yourself and prepare yourself for the dry seasons of this business. And since when the fuck have you had a dry season? Oh, I've gone almost a year without working. Oh, and since when? Almost <laughs> a year. Almost a year. No, listen, I, I. Uh, Ed, I'm not gonna lie. It's been I've been very blessed. Yeah, I, super blessed. I've I've had work after work after work. But I I and uh, you know I would love to say oh it's because I'm my talent is undeniable. But I honestly there's been especially in the last 15 years there's been a lot of repeat business. I think more than anything what I will hang my hat on is the fact that people enjoy working with me. If you got to be in the trenches at two in the morning and get the shot, you know that I'm gonna be easy to be around. So I think that that definitely is a big factor in terms of why I keep working is that I'm kind, I'm prepared, and uh, I'm down to, like, do whatever needs to be done to get the shot. When you sat down with me, mm. you promised to tell the truth, the whole truth, and, and nothing, nothing but, but the truth. Mm-hmm. Favorite show you've ever worked on? The most fun you ever had? Marlon. Uh, Marlon? Yeah. Why? <sighs> you know, we can't get enough of each other. The, the chemistry between Marlon and I just kind of expounded when we added Brisha and Diallo to the to the mix like okay. Diallo as Stevie and and Brisha as Yvette like we I just saw them on Tuesday and we <laughs> we went to dinner and we ended up at Marlon's house until 3 30 in the morning like we just love each other right and we just have such a good time together and respect each other and applaud each other and in, in in our talents and in who we are as people and it's just such a blessed fun hilarious ridiculous um, experience. Why do, why do you think other. it didn't go? Why do you think it didn't go? Promotion? No. Well, yes. Yes. But I think that there's a famous line in the movie Silence of the Lambs. And I'm going to quote it and I'll tell you why I quoted it. So at one point, Hannibal Lecter says to Clary, he says, what do we covet? What do we covet? And he's trying to help her find the killer. And she's like, scrambling she's like i don't know what do we covet what do we covet he goes we covet what we see every day and i think the decision makers when it came to marlin um live in a very insulated environment Mm -hmm. and so we weren't necessarily appreciated okay is that something that you run up against a lot sure what's the worst the one you wanted to quit like all right i'm done i ain't doing this no more um, I don't care how much money they pay me. No, you know what? I haven't. I've been really. I've been. I've, Come on, Essence. No, 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 I really haven't had an experience where I've wanted to exit stage right. I've had really great experiences, and I've been able to be blessed with really cool, talented people. I think if I've been in environments that have been toxic or. Um, nasty I, I left early like it wasn't god worked it out where he was like okay you're done here <laughs> like i didn't have to do anything i was right. just removed from the situation that's cool yeah that's cool so you've had a i don't attract bullshit i really don't like i really attract good people 
Okay, so, so you having fun on Ambitions? Oh my gosh, I'm having such a good time. Stellar cast right there. Stellar cast, but also just a fun story to tell. Like, it's just, you know, we're it's a throwback, really. So Jamie Giddens created, he's the, the writer, creator, showrunner, and he created a, a show where we can um, throw things back to like Knott's Landing, Dynasty, Dallas, those heyday shows of where people like would sit around. Cause I remember sitting around when JR got shot and being like, Grandma. Yeah, who shot JR? <laughs> you yeah, know I what remember I mean? that. And so it really is that kind of show where it's like, you know, very broad and very dramatic and very crazy circumstances. But page turners, every commercial break, it's like a dun 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 moment, which I love. Um, and finding the truth in that, finding the gravitas in it, finding the the real and the reality where people can relate to my character in particular, Amara, and what she's going through is really the challenge, and it's what I love to do. And also just the fact that people are seeing me in a light that they're not necessarily used to. They're used to kind of seeing me play these very well-put-together, um, very uh, credible um you know, kind of almost perfect people. And this is a very flawed character. So who is Amara? Amara is the district attorney and she is investigating um, the mayor uh, cabinet. And the mayor is played by Brian White and he's married to Robin Givens, who is my former sorority sister and girlfriend whom I betrayed back in college. So there's- You betrayed her back yes, in college? Yes, I did. I slept with her boyfriend when they broke up. Yeah, that's pretty much broke a betrayal right code. there. That's, that's pretty nasty. Yeah, right I mean, they were broken up, but still, that's totally against So what's code. the what's the rule? What's the rule in yeah. terms of girl code? Yeah. It's not that. I know that. You What's the rule? How long? How long? How long should you have to wait? Like, if somebody hasn't been with somebody for, like, say, 10 years. Right. Is it okay for one of your girlfriends to, to, to date them? If your old boyfriend, you don't have no more feelings for him, you done moved on. Oh, it's yeah. 10 no, damn abso- years later. Absolutely. I have no feelings for him. I've moved on. Absolutely. But if it's somebody, you know, there are those people who are like your Achilles that they're just still under your skin. Then I think that's a, you have to tread lightly and you probably need to have a conversation with your friend before it like goes there. Like you got to go ask them, is you okay with me? ask them, but you, you need to definitely let them find out from you what's happening as opposed to hearing it on the street. That's not a good idea. So you're a mommy. I am. How old? He's going to be eight on Christmas Day. Oh, you had a Christmas baby? I did. I had a Christmas baby. What is baby. it like having a baby on Christmas Day? Um, It's pretty incredible, especially because that was his actual due date. Right. So I was in labor for 40 hours. I went into labor on December 23rd. What with this he, woman over here? Did he, she do everything perfect? She don't have <laughs> She don't have a bad time on any show that she's ever worked for. And then she's pregnant with a baby whose due date is December Christmas, 25th. And, and she has the baby born, yeah. actually on Christmas. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was beautiful. I was exhausted. I had, Like I said, I'd been in labor for a long time. And then when they rolled me in, they ended up having to do an emergency C-section to get him. Um, you got mad cocoa butter on right now, don't you? You just well, it, it was eight years ago. It, it was so eight that's, years ago, but yes, that. I do shea butter. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret because you know everybody's always asking me why do you look twenty five and you're almost fifty, and I'm like, well, you know, the shea melanin, butter. the melanin, the melanin is the melanin, melanin is, is king. It's real and uh, shea butter and lots of water. But yeah, so having him on Christmas, I mean. People are always like, oh, does he hate his birthday? I'm like, no, he loves it. Everyone goes out of their way. He gets like, last year he got three parties. I took him to Disneyland on his birthday with the whole like VIP. He has, we spoil him rotten. Can you just go to Disneyland? 
Yeah, of course. Without VIP? Yes. I don't like to, but yes, I can. Can, can you recognize Yeah, people recognize you, but LA is a different beast, right? So yeah, know, LA everybody's there. used to seeing someone they see on television kind of everywhere. It's it's you know, it's very common to run into people that you've seen on television mm-hmm. or or in movies or whatever. So it's not as much of a big deal as when you go to um, a more an urban area where they're familiar with your work, but they don't necessarily see people. So you're in L.A. Yes. You travel here to Chicago. You're sitting down with me, obviously, right yes. now doing this podcast. I am. What is the one thing that you <laughs> have to have when you travel? Like, you know how certain people got certain things that they got to have, certain kind of lotion or your lip balm? or this. What is that one thing that's like, this has to be in my bag? Tic Tacs. Really? Yes. <laughs> You a Tic Tac? I'm a Tic Tac. I'm a white Tic Tac. What's wrong with the green Tic Tacs? They essence? leave your tongue green. See, Tic Tacs always. Always. And so even if you Susie don't have none, you got to stop at the store. Yes. And get your Tic Tac. Yes, absolutely. Must have. Must Every have. day you got Tic Tac. Every day I have. <laughs> I have Tic Tacs so and water. What water. I drink a lot of water. So that's your. What's your vice then? You know, I used to smoke cigarettes. Let me. Be clear. Yeah, I used to smoke cigarettes, um, and I smoked for a long time. I actually smoked for 17 years. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Can you imagine if I hadn't smoked? I'd, I don't believe I'd that. look in utero. <laughs> I'd be, like, <laughs> super young looking. No, but I did. I smoked, and I, at one point, it was bad, like two and a half packs a day. Yeah, I was like a chain smoker. How'd you quit? Uh, Cold turkey. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, no hypnotism, no gum, no, no nothing. Just what? cold turkey. Now, I know you drink a lot of water. Yeah. You said that. Do you drink alcohol at all? Occasionally, but it's rare. What's your go-to? Wine? Is champagne. Your... Champagne? I like champagne, yeah. <laughs> you wear a champagne campaign. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think that things are allowed in moderation, right? And you have to listen to your body. And the, what I have found as I've gotten older is that it's really important if there's one thing I would say in terms of like the longevity of your health, it's really important to know what you're allergic to because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that you're ingesting that you that even would be touted as healthy that your body doesn't tolerate well. Like I'm allergic to ginger. And ginger, you know, anytime you're ginger. sick, people are like, have a shot of ginger. <laughs> ginger doesn't help me. Um, I'm also allergic to beets. I'm also allergic to cauliflower. So I have these kind of strange allergies, food allergies that I didn't know about that um, cause inflammation, and inflammation is part of the cause of disease. So I think if there's something I can share for the general public to know about taking care of yourself is find out what you're allergic to because you could be eating something that is not good for you. Yeah, so you got to really stay on top of the game and find out what's going on with your body. So so did you know, where were you when you found out that uh, we lost John Witherspoon? Oh, man, I was in, where was I? I was in L.A., and I immediately called Marlon. And um, did yeah. he pick up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on a group chat. Me, Diallo, Brisha, and Marlon. We keep we stay on a group chat. And um, I called him because I knew that it would hit him really hard. Um, he still messed up. He still messed up about it. We just like I said, we had dinner on Tuesday, and he's last week, and he's still quite sad and and um, misses him a lot as we all do I mean Spoon was he was classic he was such a, a generous man and he was such a, a a fun and and kind and silly person but at the same time there were so many pearls of wisdom um, when you got him to kind of drop the drop the veneer for a second mm-hmm. he was really 
a, a great father and a great husband and, and a great man. So, yeah. I don't think people even realize how much he's done. Yeah. As just as an entertainer, how close he was with Richard Pryor and that whole gang. And, yeah. And, you know, go back and look at the Richard Pryor show and look at all the things that this man has accomplished in his entire career. He was really underappreciated yeah. while he was alive. I mean, that's the sad thing about death, right, is that you realize how much someone means to you. So I think, you know, if we can cultivate the idea that everyone and everything can be precious and really pour into the people who matter to us. And it's not about, you know, we don't have a, a, an unlimited supply of time, mm -hmm. but I think if we can just focus and be present when we do make those encounters and, and really, I think that we can live with a lot less regret. Absolutely. Who's, who's your best girlfriend in the business? Um, I mean, I have several, but I I would say Gabrielle. Gabrielle Union. Yeah. Who's the crew? Who's the crew? You, Gabby. Who's the crew? Um, me, Gab. It's funny because Robin Lee, who played our sister on Deliver Us from Eva, um, you know, Sanaa is a dear, dear friend. Um, Regina, both Reginas, though we don't see each other very often. Lisa Vidal, who was on Being Mary Jane with mm -hmm. Gab. Um, you know, that's like really the inner Regina the inner, King. Yeah. Regina King, Regina I love Hall. Regina King. Yeah. You know I was at Regina King's wedding when she married Ian Alexander? No. Yes, I was. Yes, oh. I was. Yeah, she's, I was. My son phenomenal. was like four or five months old, and I have a picture of my son and I with the exact same suit on. <laughs> Regina, that was such. Hilarious. She, isn't she amazing? She is amazing. I mean, but you know, it, it, I have so many of those friends, right? Garcelle Bouvet and. Shout out to her. Terry Vaughn. That's fancy. I love, I love yes, Terry. Terry's a hoot. Yeah, she is. Melinda Williams, you know, like. Shout out to Melinda. And Yvette, Nicole Brown. Like, these are my, like, these are my, my crew, my prayer warriors, my, my sisters, um, you know, and longevity. Like, we go way back. Yvette was on um, the final season of Half and Half, and mm -hmm. she played uh, the receptionist secretary at the ad agency that Joey yes. Lawrence and I worked at. And I, when I met her, I immediately knew she was special. Ryan Bathe, who's married to Sterling K. Brown, who's on um, the new incarnation of First Wives Club. Yes. I met her on Half and Half, and she and I became instant friends. So there's there's this whole crew of us that have you know, our paths cross because we work together and the pollination has just been rich in friendship, in, in sisterhood, in camaraderie. I have never used the word pollination <laughs> when describing my boys. I don't think that's a word men can use to describe I don't think so either. You know, the pollination so. <laughs> between us is crazy, son. Yeah, word, son. You're right about that, son. Can't say that. I don't think I've ever said the word pollination when it comes to to all my friends. How do you feel about Smart Guy being on Disney Plus? It's crazy. People are hitting me like every single day, rewatching Smart Guy. I love this show. So smart, so funny. And it's it's funny because I haven't actually watched any old episodes, but people have been sharing clips. And I find myself laughing and I find myself marveling at how ahead of our time we really were. Like, I love the fact that Floyd was a single dad. And I love that, you know, Taj played this character who was 10 years old, who was just very advanced in terms of the wisdom that he had, but also in terms of his academia and his mind. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was a great example. And Yvette, the character that I played, was super woke. And what's funny is Danny Kalis, who created Smart Guy, 
he named my character, the full name of my character is Tasha Yvette Henderson, mm-hmm. but obviously they called me Yvette, and I was actually named after Yvette Lee Bowser, who created Living Single, because wow. Danny and Yvette shared a writer's room. I don't remember what show, but he was such a fan of her as a person and really modeled my character to be, he wanted her to be a young Yvette. So later on, when I ended up doing a pilot with Yvette Lee Bowser, where Gabrielle and I played sisters called The Thing about family that didn't get picked up <laughs> on NBC. And then, oh, uh, on, we, NBC? And, then, and then we played Sisters and Deliver Us from Eva. But when I ended up working, and I did For Your Love as well, but when I ended up doing Half and Half, which Yvette Lee Bowser was the showrunner of. What did you do of, For Your Love? Oh, I did an episode of For Your Love. Yeah. Okay. Like it, after um, the thing about family didn't happen. And then I ended up working with Yvette on, on Half and Half. She was our showrunner for four years. So I always knew that my character was modeled after her as a woman. And she and I are still to this day very dear, dear friends. Um, and I love her dearly. Like, and Valerie Pettiford, who played my mom, Big Dee Dee on Half and Half. Right. There's just, you know, there's good feel. I tell you, I attract good people. You yeah, know you, I mean? you seem to do. Yeah, you do. Where's the, where's the, uh, where's the drama? Well, how come I can't go on Bossip and see nothing about Essence Atkins? Where's the Essence Atkins drama? Um, Why you ain't fighting nobody? Because I keep that shit to myself. And I, <laughs> I, and I, you know, I take it to the throne. I mean, I really like, I try to, when 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 offended, right? Because things happen, you have right. grievances. I really try to like find whatever responsibility I may hold in it and make whatever corrections I need to make or apologies or atonement or whatever. But in the end, like I really try to extend a lot of grace because I recognize that people are going through stuff. Like life is happening. You know, I had a really, it's funny about a month ago, I, I, there was a job that I was really, really close to and I didn't get it. And literally like six of the EPs all wanted me to do it. And one executive was like, no. And I was really angry. But part of the reason I was really angry and I took it so personally is because 12 hours before, my dad had been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. He's going to be fine. He's starting treatment and, and he has a great attitude about it. But that was a culmination of why those feelings were so strong. Mm-hmm. And so when you know that, when you have that kind of self-effacement and awareness about like everybody's in their story and things are happening outside of our control and dynamics and family and illness and, and bills and, and, you know, phone calls and, and toxicity, whatever, you know, just people being rude, car accidents. When you recognize that everybody is in the middle of their own story and their story is full of challenges, mm. then you can really extend grace. How do you navigate that part of being an actor when there's a role you really, really want and you go after it, you do your best. And then for some reason outside of your control, you don't get it. I mean, how do you keep from getting depressed about that? I mean, you may you can allow yourself to have the feelings, right? You can mourn it. You can be disappointed. You just can't stay there. You can't stay stuck. And that's not just for actors. That's for everyone. You can't stay stuck. You become a victim and then there's no movement. Right. You just like kind of in the experience and lamenting about it and bitching about it. And that just becomes, again, like what you're attracting as opposed to you process it and you go, okay, what can I learn from this? Was there anything I could have done differently? And then you release it and you understand that what's meant for you is going to come for you. And, you know, and you got to just be prepared, continue to be tenacious and don't wait for the phone to ring. People don't like don't allow your creativity to be stunted or to be dictated outside of yourself. Hmm. 
you know, really take the initiative. And that could even mean it's not even necessarily you have to go and spend money and do stuff. Like literally watch a film that you've heard is a classic. It, read a book. Me. Right. Read a book. Take a class. Take a class. I'm always in acting class. I still take class. And people are like, you're a professional actor. Like, why would you take class? I'm like, because does a pianist only play when there's a concert? Right. Or do you sit down to like just take a class? Around? That's, yeah, take that, a class. That's exactly what I did. I decided that I want to be a working actor. I've done a lot of films. I've done a lot of guest spots on television. I sat down with Wood Harris and we did uh we did a podcast the same way you and I are. And Wood said to me, he said, Ed, if you're going to take this seriously, Ed Lover has to die. Mm. And I didn't understand what he meant by that. He said, you see the way Will went from the Fresh Prince to Will Smith? Mm-hmm. Ed Lover has to die. Because if you keep going in as Ed Lover, they're going to go Ed Lover MTV and move you out of the way. Mm-hmm. And you have to take it seriously. And once I, I talked to, to uh, Wood, I started taking classes. And I was like, if I go on another audition, you do not put Ed Lover on that audition tape. Mm-hmm. You put J.E. Roberts. Mm-hmm. That's that's my name, James Edwin Roberts, and I'm going by J.E. So J.E. Roberts, that's who's auditioning because I don't want to be painted into this MTV hip-hop box that they won't let me out of. Right. I don't want to be a star. I just want to be the guy that walks down the street and you go, man, I just saw you and damn. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I saw a documentary on a working actor. There's these actors out there that you can't remember their name, but they're always, they're always working. working. I yeah. just want to work. Yeah. I love it. I like, I really, really love it. I just want to work. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and look at, um, oh my gosh. Okay. The movie just like completely slipped out of my mind. The movie with Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey um, where uh, and Sam Jackson. Oh, come Sam on. Sam Jackson man. everything. That could, I know, I know. That could be I know. a million and one pictures of uh, Sam Jackson. This is driving me crazy. But if you if you go back and look at that film, it's from like the late eighties, early nineties. Um uh Time to Kill. Thank Time, you. Th- hey, you got Thank your you. move. You go, girl. Octavia Spencer is in that film. Right. She, she has one scene or two scenes in that film. So, you know, a lot of times people talk about the overnight success of something or someone, but really that's hardly ever true. And I'm a late bloomer, too, and Morgan Freeman didn't get it until That's when? right. That's right. And so am I. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, as much as in my 20s I wanted to be the hair, my career is one of the tortoise. Like, I continue yeah. to grow and move and pace, um, and, and I'm okay with that. And again, when I was younger, I wanted the kind of skyrocketing thing. But, you know, when we're young, youth is wasted on the young, and, and when we're young, we, we, we certainly covet that kind of um, catapulting you know, trajectory of stardom. But really, like, at the end of the day, when I think I've been doing this for 30 years and I feel like I'm just getting started, I'm so grateful that God was like, no, simmer down. Pace yourself. (laughs) Pace yourself. We've been enjoying watching you for 30 years. Yeah, thank you. Please tell us again when we can catch Ambitions. Oh, Ambitions. Because if you don't, Catrice is going to stick your (laughs) knife through my throat. Thank you. Ambitions airs Tuesday nights on the OWN Network at 9 Central Time. And we, the the cast, we uh, live tweet. So if you join us, if you have a Twitter account and you join us, we will live tweet along with you. You can let us know what your impressions are, what you think is going to happen next, how you feel about certain people. If you're Team Amara, Team Stephanie. You got a team now, huh? <laughs> All right, that's exactly. I mean, I'm too short to play in any other kind of <laughs> team sport. So, yeah. You have been quite a pleasure to interview. Thank, Thank you for you. coming in today. Oh, it's been Essence Atkins here, y'all. Come on, son. <laughs>
Come on, son, son. Welcome back to Come On, Son, the podcast. Now, y'all know, Thanksgiving is Thursday. Ain't no way in hell that I wasn't doing a Come On, Son. Y'all know that. Even though I appreciate all the love that I get from everybody that hits me up and say they know that they stole Come On, Man from Come On, Son. We all know that. We know it. And as soon as I find an editor that can edit it the right way, I will bring Come On Son back as a video. But right now, it's got to live as a podcast because I need everybody, everybody to check out my podcast, all right? I need y'all to tell somebody that Come On Son is a podcast also and that they should check it out. Okay, now the first person this week that needs to get a Come On Son is the people that are running around in Walmart trying to do funny things like throw towels over your head, sp- act like they spraying deodorant under their arms and spraying you in your face. One of y'all is going to get hurt. One of y'all is going to get hurt real bad trying to be a one-minute internet comedian. Real bad. Come on, son. Chill out, B. Because you're going to run up on the wrong person and they're going to knock the shit out of you. Or you're going to run up on the wrong person and they're going to call the police on you. So y'all need to chill out going into these stores doing the stuff that y'all doing. The second come on son goes out to the white lady that decided to call Trina and I'm not sure if they're going to beat this out or not but Trina was in a Walmart and the white lady called Trina a nigga bitch. Come on, son. Are you serious right now? This is 2019, almost 2020. This is what we're doing? And, I, and I'm not going to even go so far as to blame Trump. Come on, son. I'm not doing that. That's too easy. I'm going to blame the person who did it. Because now you feel so comfortable that that's the language that you think that you can use with us. Everybody in that store had to hold Trina back. Trina was like, say it again, say it again, say it again. And I just wanted to see them let loose. Because you know what? When the cops come, Trina would have probably got arrested. And it ain't worth you getting arrested for somebody else's ignorance as long as they don't put their hands on you. So come on, son. It's supposed to be 2020 almost. And we and we still here? That don't make sense. That don't make sense as much as the people that just like to call the police on black people for any random thing they doing. Come on, son. I saw that the other day. A man was just going to his house in the late. I think he was in Florida somewhere. A lady followed him to his crib and all of that. Come on, son. You're going to get shot. That's what's going to happen to you, son. So don't be following people to their house, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Don't do that. That, that ain't cool, man. That is not cool at all. I want to come on, son, to everybody out there who's not happy for Lizzo. Can Lizzo live? She just got nominated for eight Grammy Awards. She paid her dues. Eight years on the road, playing for beer and food, doing everything, take, not taking no for an answer. If you're hating on Lizzo, I don't care if you don't like Lizzo's music. I ain't the biggest fan of Lizzo's music, but I am a fan of her grind. I am a fan of how hard she worked. I am a fan of seeing her win. So come on, son. If you're not a fan of Lizzo, if you're giving Lizzo crap, on social media because she got nominated for eight Grammy Awards. And you feel like your favorite rapper was supposed to get nominated for a Grammy and didn't? 
come on, son. You know the Grammys can be foul sometimes. Like, I feel like, come on, son, to the Grammys for not uh, nominating Rhapsody. But that, listen, that ain't my business. The Grammys is big business. It does boost your sales. It boosts your streams and all of that. But we know, we know the Grammys is flagrant. We know that. We know that. So come on, son, to all the haters out there. Another big come on, son, goes out to Ortiz, who fought my man the other night. Wilder. Wilder knocked you out, son, with one right hand. Son, you 40 years old. When the fuck you going to give up boxing, bro? He gave you two cracks at it. You lost both times. You standing in the ring talking about, let's do it again for a third time. You 40, bro. He's not going to fight you immediately. He'll probably take two or three more fights. You're never getting another shot. Ortiz, come on, son. You blew it, B. You blew it. That's it. It's not happening for you no more, son. You're 40 years old. It's time to take whatever little earnings that you got from boxing and sit your fat ass down. Because you are winning the whole entire fight on everybody's scorecard, including mine. And then Wilder caught you with one ass right hand and you fell and folded like a fucking wet paper bag, son. Come on, son. You're not ready for the big times. Championship at the heavyweight division is never going to happen to you, son. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen to you. It's never going to happen for you. And another, come on, son, goes out, <coughs> excuse me, to everybody who doubted Lamar Jackson. Y'all ain't think Lamar Jackson had it. Y'all are bugging, son. He's ill. He's a great football player. Great, great, great. And whoever went against Colin Kaepernick, speaking of football players, come on, son. The NFL tried to set Cap up. Go online, look at the waiver, and tell me you would have signed that waiver. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm Ed Lover, and I approve this message. All my internet fans out there listening to Come On, Son, the podcast, Essence Atkins. Thank you, Essence Ackers. We got more Come On, Son coming up. That's going to do it for this edition of Come On, Son. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Be good. If you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, make sure you get a nap. To the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Ed Lover and my one and only super producer, Krista Hayes, saying God bless each and every one of y'all. And thank y'all for tuning me in and not tuning me out. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. It's Ed Lover, and I'm out. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.